Welcome to another episode of Echoes on Air, and I am here with some lovely, lovely ladies that I have actually had the pleasure of seeing on stage, but we are going to talk about diversity, specifically in the theater, but in entertainment. So we're going to try and make make sure that people know that we can apply this in different ways. Um, I don't usually do this, but I am going to go around and do the intros as per usual. But I do want you to share with the audience your race or ethnicity and what you do in the theater. Okay. Hi, I am Denise Lee, and I birthed the host. That's true. That's true. uh, My ethnicity, I would say it's African-American, based on everything that I know up to this point. Um, I'm an actress and a producer. And I am Wendy Welch, and I am white. And I guess, pink actually, (laughs) freckled. Um, I am an actor and a a sometime director and a teacher. Hi, my name is Christy Vela, and I guess I am Latina, if I had to check a box um, on a piece of paper. But when people ask me, I say I'm Texan. Um, I am an actor and a director and uh, a teacher. Hello. I'm Olivia de Guzman. Um, I am Texan as well, born and raised, but my parents were born in the Philippines, so I'm Filipino. I am an actor and teaching artist as well. Perfect. So before we get like down to the nitty gritty of diversity, I kind of want to set a baseline, and I want you to tell me what is the importance of theater and what does it give our community? Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. How long have you got? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I think it's important to me because it's what I do. I think it's important to the people sitting around this table. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote Chekhov here, okay? So Anton Chekhov says, um, love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. Um, and what I always glean from that is um, that, that, you know, you should love it and it should be important to me as much as, um, as uh, it makes a difference to you. Um, I, don't, I personally don't like it when, when people compare doing theater to brain surgery or that we're heroes or we're saving the world through theater or anything like that. I think theater is great and I think theater has the ability to change minds and perceptions and if we make one or two people kind of like think twice, that's incredible. But we're not saving babies from brain cancer, you know, like firemen are heroes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We get to get up on stage and pretend to be other people, Mm -hmm. you know? so true. I tell people all the time, you know, say, oh, do you work hard? I said, I do. But you know what? Ditch diggers work mm-hmm. really hard right. out in right. the sun. I think that theater has become more important in recent years because I think for a while it was just a form of entertainment. And I don't mean just sure. 10 years ago, but years ago it was more mm-hmm. about entertainment mm-hmm. and even further back for an elite group of people. Mm-hmm. And so now, though, there's so many voices to be heard that I think that when theater reaches those masses, right. they're hearing voices that they won't hear right. in their everyday life. Theater's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what I know best. Um, and it's what I've known the longest in my life, theater and music. And um, 
I personally can't imagine my life without it. I've thought now and then about escaping to the mountains and never coming down, and then I think, but there's no theater up there. (laughs) And um, so I have to be close to a city with theater. But I I guess as a teacher, um, teacher of ages, I'm going to say not often 11, Today was my last day of five weeks of theater camp. (laughs) Break out the the alcohol. Thank you. (laughs) But it was so fantastic. And I think the 11 was about my lowest day, my youngest age. All the way through, elderly people are my students. And, um, And I find as a teacher, as I'm teaching them about whatever aspect of theater we're focused on, um... What I love the most is helping them find their voice and what theater, how theater can change their own life, mm-hmm. you know? Not necessarily the, the world, even though I think it's possible it has the potential to do that. But, and in some cir- circumstances, maybe so. I mean, I think about the Cry Havoc kids and these important things that, you know, that they're saying and, and teaching by their work. But just for me personally to be able to give something, um, to give empowerment and freedom to someone's voice and discovery so that they can um, find their own creativity and, and that voice in themselves to speak whatever it is they need to speak. You mm-hmm. know, that's, And that that's like a real singular thing. That's one person. But if everybody's doing that, you know, then the conversation gets pretty exciting, mm-hmm. I think. And you guys all pretty much nailed it. I I mean, we can all talk about why art is important, and but I think specifically theater, what I can add is the fact that it is live and the fact that it is so highly collaborative. So including the audience, too. Once you are in a performance, everyone, including the audience, has collaborated to create this one-time live experience, which is so special um, and specific to theater. And that's why I think it's important. Yeah, yeah. So understanding that and the importance of theater and how it impacts the community, why do you think that diversity is so important? Because we all live here. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's for everyone. Because because our community is made up of so many different kinds of people Mm -hmm. from all races from all socioeconomic backgrounds and if uh, you know if you if you're an organization that says I'm serving the community then the work that you do should truly reflect the community Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a place again to tell many stories many kinds of stories and a lot of times people of different socio you know there are going to be stories that People don't know unless they come to the theater right. or have never been exposed to. Um, one of the biggest things for me, and this I guess wasn't necessarily theater, but we talk about the hidden figures. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you don't bring those kinds of things to the theater or right. film sometimes, which that's a shame right. that you know, I'm in my 50s and I didn't know about these brilliant women right. until I saw the movie. Right. And so that's the importance that these stories have to be brought to the stage and to the film because clearly they've been left out of places mm-hmm. in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the diversity in these mediums is so very important for people to understand the importance, not just for me or my children or grandchildren to see themselves, but right. for other races and to realize the importance and the, uh, the, 
the contributions. You know, we tend to, when we talk about diversity in the theater or in media or whatever, we tend to focus on what we're watching on stage, right? Which is absolutely very important. And, you know, a lot of us here in Dallas already do that to, to some extent. A lot of, you know, theater groups here in Dallas already do that. The thing that gets tricky and the thing that I think is more important is diversity um, in leadership. Um, because you're not, in my opinion, you're not going to get true diversity on stage. You're not going to um, tell the stories that should be told on stage until you get true diversity in leadership and management and production. And you know what the key word to that is? True. 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 Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, can I just say, you know, like, of course, of course, I, I believe in diversity. Of course, I believe that we should tell all stories. I, of course, I believe that all kinds of people belong on stage and, and, and should be seen and should be heard. But what I am tired of, what I'm tired of is um, that only a certain group of people that are not diverse get to make the decisions about what diversity looks like. Yes. That leadership in theater groups or in any kind of media who are mostly, a lot of times, made up of white men, they are the ones who get to decide what diversity is. And, you know, it. then whatever you're doing on stage, it, it rings false. It rings, it rings false because... And you, have, and you have companies like Karamia or Jubilee who are specifically, their, their leadership is specifically, you know, trying to tell a specific story or has a specific mission. So right. when you think about a theater that's just a theater and wants to tell all stories, but all of their leadership is one specific type of person, well, of course, they're going to... Right. That mission will be skewed. A lot of times what happens is, I don't want to hog the conversation, but like a lot of times what happens in that situation is that you get, you get leadership deciding what kinds of stories people of color need to be hearing or, or watching. And the people of color in the room who don't get to make those decisions are sitting there going like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing deprivation stories about us, yeah, like exactly one, you know, one more story, one more play about Latin men in jail, mm -hmm. and I am going to throw a rock, and then you're going to have to take me to jail, you know, right. because, and and they've they've just arbitrarily decided that this is this is what Latin audiences want to see, this is not what Latin audiences want to see, and especially if your patron base is not Latin, for example, I'm just using that because I'm Latin. If your patron base is mostly upper middle class, affluent white people, showing them those kinds of stories that you've decided are the ones that are important only serves to perpetuate an idea that no longer needs to exist. Mm -hmm. You know, so in diversity is truly important in, 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 in the committees, in the groups that are deciding what kind of theater we're going to watch. And even to that point, and that happens on all sides, that even when you just have a few people, let's say people of color say, if they all are of a like mind, we have to have people of the same race, of different mindsets. Right. Mm -hmm. So that multi, you know, so people sure. think if it's an, an African-American theater, then we're all, you know, 
Absolutely. We, we know what to know. We need people with, we need... Of different experiences. Because to show, we don't all think alike. Like, all women right. don't think alike. All mm -hmm. men don't think right. alike. Right. And we need right. to make sure that we're open to that. I think what sometimes kills diversity is the, is the desire for power. Mm -hmm. Because when you bring Absolutely. other people to the table, then you are relinquishing, or I think people feel they are relinquishing power when the decision shouldn't be about power. It should be about what benefits the community. The community. Mm -hmm. I think diversity comes from should start from a place of selflessness uh -huh. and not selfishness and how it benefits you. If it benefits the community, it should be, okay, first thing I notice is... Um, I think Janelle and I were talking at one point. I told her it's when I am planning something, I don't have to think, do I have enough Hispanics? Do I have enough people? I don't have to. Immediately, mm -hmm. my pool of people. So it has to start with us. It has to be a change. I don't care how many um, diversity meetings you have at your theater. I don't care how many classes people are forced to take. If you don't change hearts, they go in and they sit like they do at those defensive driving meetings and they come out and they run red lights just like they did before. Right. And when you are forced sure. to do it, you have it has to start with me. My pool of friends is diverse. So I don't ever have to think, oh my God, do I, do I have enough representation? With, you know, like, do I know enough? I can pick up the phone at any point in time and do it. So it has to start with us. Right. We have to look at us. And then when you do that, then you realize it's not a threat to my power or my leadership. Right. It's about me saying, okay, how are we best going to serve everybody? Right, or or, may, or also making the assumption that because you are a person of color, that you can only direct or you can only right. tell stories that belong that belong to people of color. Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking, oh, well, you're you're the Latina, so clearly you're going to want to direct the Latina play. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess I will. Um, right. I am if you want me to, right. but I also love Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. You know, I also right. love all mm -hmm. kinds of stories, and I just tell stories. Right. And my first right. job as as a theater maker is to tell a story, is to make good theater. That's my first job, mm -hmm. and that means curating a group of people mm -hmm. that are super talented that can tell that story, and. I, you know, when I first came to Dallas, I worked with Cora Cardona at Teatro Dallas for many, many years. And that woman taught me so much. Back in 93, she was already saying, there's no such thing as colorblind casting. Mm -hmm. I learned that from her. She says, there's no such thing as colorblind casting. There's color conscious casting. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the best person yeah. for the job. But whether whether you want to or not, when you cast a white actress or a black actress or a Latina actress or a Filipino actress, you are you are saying something. The audience is going to go away with something. Mm -hmm, sure. um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't get the luxury of colorblind casting. I have to look in the mirror every day sure. and n negotiate and navigate the world according to who I'm with and who I'm going to talk to on that day, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I kind of lost my track. I'm not sure. Do you feel I, like, how, how long? We're so... We're, 2018 is such an interesting year, don't you think? As far as progress keeps <laughs> getting more and more interesting right. all the time. Like, how much longer do you think before we don't take that away? Because, you know, just walking down the street today, you'll you expect to see people of all races mm -hmm. when you did mm -hmm. before. Right. At one, you know, right. so how much longer do you guys think? 
10 years, 20 years. To what? To take what away? To, to go, see a, go see a play that's not necessarily about race and see a person of color in a role. We and, just and did not one think, that Christy oh, Baylor wrote at Theater 3. Yeah, Olivia, I mean, I, I think, you know, you when, do you mean like when it's common? I when can, it's yeah. something that people don't, don't even that think about? Same, that novel response I mean, I where it's not novel I, I anymore. I think we're always going to have to think about it, quite frankly. You know, because there are stories that can only be told specifically, um, you know, Raisin in the Sun, all right? I'm going to say it. You can't, you, you can't have a white as, Walter Lee. No. As I, much as I would pay to see Meryl Streep play Billie Holiday, she cannot. She right. cannot. Exactly. Because that exactly. story is specifically right. about a, an African-American family right. and an African-American mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't want to see fences with white people. Right. That is about, I don't want to see Lydia by Octavio Solis with anybody else other than Mexican-Americans. Uh, but, but. So, so there's always going to be like a conscious effort, right? Sure. But sure. there are so many other plays where, That's what talking, yes. yeah, yes. where it's a, story, it's just a story, and if the story has nothing to do with a specific experience, right. yeah, then just cast whoever. Yeah. I saw on Broadway a couple of years ago um, James Earl Jones and Cicely Tyson in the Gym Game. Ah, oh. it was amazing. Oh, I can't. I mean, it was an acting. It was ten acting classes, um, and had a, like a fifth row seat. And it was the most incredible experience. I can't imagine anybody being better than that, you know? And this is another thing, though, and it speaks to that. Because then a lot of directors sometimes think that in order to incorporate diversity, then it has to become an all-black. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, and it's like, right, you right. know, that could have been James Earl Jones and yeah, you know, I Betty, think White, they, Betty White. Well, yeah. Right, 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 right. And, the, and sure. what has to happen, that mindset. I don't, to answer your question, I don't know that it's ever going to go away because racism is never going to it's go away. It's never going to go away. Yeah. But what we have to do is stop being afraid to cater to racism. I was very excited to see Nicolette, I can't think of her last name, who's just getting ready to take over in Waitress. Oh, yeah. Lamar, yes, right. that when they announced it, not one thing that I read said first African-American actress. Mm -hmm. I was so grateful yeah. because it yeah, yeah, shouldn't yeah. make a difference. Sure. Dear Evan Hansen, too. The big Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, about Idris Elba. And I just laughed. I was like, why can't, we have had 17 James Bonds and nobody has blinked when they mm -hmm. switch an actor. But right, because the sh his skin color is is James Bond, right? right. You know? and, it, and, right. This, and in in the universe of James Bond of crazy gadgets and supervillains, yes. right. skin right. color right. is the really? thing that takes you out of the story. <laughs> exactly, you know, I, it's so unreal. I think I've told you the story when I did Wizard of Oz for mm -hmm. Joel Farrell cast Kevin Halliburton and I as Aunt M and Uncle Henry, mm -hmm. and the first line of the review said Joel Farrell has done a brilliant. Casting job of casting two African Americans. I said, oh, I said, we got a witch, flying monkeys, and munchkins. Right. And, <laughs> and, and your first thought is like, that's an incredible concept. Exactly. I did a production of God of Carnage where I w it was me and Hassan Al Amin, yes. who's African American, playing one of the couple, and Sally Vale and Chris Huey played the other couple. And afterwards, I people are tired of hearing this story, but it's just so funny to me. I was doing the talkbacks, and this woman ran down after the talkback, and she goes, she goes, you know, I saw this production in Pittsburgh, and I'm from Pittsburgh, and um, it's supposed to be two white couples. <laughs> and I said, well, um, Yasmina Reza doesn't specify. It's been done all kinds of ways. Lucy Liu's been in it. Jimmy Smith has been in it. There's been in the Guthrie did an all African-American. She doesn't specify. She goes, well, it's supposed to be two. She, like, she completely ignored me. And then we had this conversation, this weird conversation where she 
asked me if I was colored. I love when that happens. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Wow. This is 1953. Um, but it explained a lot. It explained a lot. Yes, and then, did. but she thought she was being generous. And then mm -hmm. the end of the conversation was when she said to me, well, you are really good at playing a white woman. <gasps> Whoa. And I just didn't know what to say. I thought, like, I just got done telling you that it's not specific that anybody can play these roles, that nothing is... I mean, you take away what you take away. If you if you see a Latin woman in this role, and and like I said, when I play Mrs. Cratchit at Dallas Theater Center, whether I want to or not, I'm representing. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, the thing is, though, that you're a mother, and the question to her should be, well, tell me the difference. Why, how was I playing a white woman any differently? What did you think right. I should do that if right. I didn't? Because it, I, I, I told, said this to someone just yesterday that when people say that it's non-traditional casting, they mean white. It's non-white because that's what we have been dealt a bill of goods that normal that's the default. is white. Yeah, right. And the so default right. is white. Everybody yeah. else, whether black, Hispanic, Filipino, gay, disabled, we are, yeah. we are just wanting to be normal according right. yeah. to what the rules are. Sure. When you can see if there's a, a play about two couples that actually have nothing to do, it's just about the relationships, why can't it be a gay couple? And a straight couple. Right. And mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. should be, we should be able to, because those are common experiences. Yes. What makes me different is not the color of my skin, it's the way I'm treated right. because of the color of my right. skin. But when it's not, like you said, like a fences or something, or something specific, specific to yeah. the, yeah. It's the human experience. Right. It's just Don't the dress human for experience. Don't dress for dinner. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, just yeah. any... It's, but, so, but when we the Christie show that we did, Olivia and I were in that Christie mm -hmm. wrote at the and we did it at Theater Three last one night or on the Death Trail, and that was a very diverse cast. Mm -hmm. We were very mixed, and I thought that was wonderful because the uh, I mean the time period in which it was set back in the days of vaudeville in downtown Dallas. It can be argued like uh, go yeah. ahead, Wendy. No, I no, I want it because I thought. It never occurred to me that these weren't the people right. in oh, their races see, right. I, yeah. that I was, had these experiences. To be cast in that show, I was like, really? Yeah, I was well, it never occurred to, to, to start rehearsals. But see, here's the, here's the thing. I come from a vaudeville family. You know, there's a, there's a show. I think the British actually do this much better than Americans do. Mm -hmm. I've been watching a show, Harlots, on Hulu. Mm -hmm. I, I like that show. <laughs> I love that show. And it's very diversely mm -hmm. cast. Mm -hmm. It is. They never make mention of anything unless it's like something specific, but nobody ever talks about if somebody is black or white or Indian yes. or whatever. And, you know, my husband and I were watching the show the other night and I was like, you know, this is how it actually was. This is how Victorian times in England, yes. you, you know that this is how it actually was. Mm -hmm. except, except for that, most people don't know that. Except people right. don't know that because History has been written mm -hmm. yes. by rewritten, been rewritten re 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 yes, by, by white people, made up, yeah, made, you know, made up and so it's been whitewashed, right? right? Right. But come on, we're everywhere, and we've of been course. everywhere since the dawn of time. Right. Yeah, that's what I love <laughs> right. about the movie Twelve Years a Slave. When I first heard it came out, I was like, Lord, do we need another slave movie? Do we need? Ugh, but one of the things that I loved about this is that it, that it dealt with affluent African-Americans in a time right. period mm. where when I audition in Dallas, sometimes they tell me I couldn't be a part. I've been told I couldn't be part of that cast because, you know, I would have been a slave or it's I would have believable. worked. And I was like, 
No, 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 no. There were interracial couples, men who married their slaves. Come on now. There That's were right. affluent. There were presidents. You know, there were right. folks, you know, there were people in companies. We were there. And yeah. this is you what this won't. is what that woman in Pittsburgh means. Yes. This is what that woman in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. meant by you are good at playing a white woman because I played the character that was the affluent woman in the show and an art historian who lives in a beautiful apartment in Manhattan. And so it's like, oh, this is really odd. So I certainly know a lot of affluent Latinas. I mean, (laughs) why not? You know what I think that connects back to is what Denise was saying about power Mm -hmm. and and control and money because of course the artists all want diversity and of course the artistic directors do but then they answer to a very specific board and the board answers to whoever's giving them their grants and all the people that Mm -hmm. donate to the theaters like I don't I know you know Asian Pacific Islanders have money but I don't know any that donate to a theater and Mm -hmm. so maybe it I mean, it just, we have to kind of that, trace how far it goes back to where that power is, is really That actually brings me to my next question. Whose responsibility is it to get diversity? Because when you talk about that, right, when you talk about that, you're talking about one set of people who are trying to create diversity yes. mm-hmm. on the stage. But who will create diverse audiences? Who will create diverse boards what what is whose responsibility is it to get diversity across all of those places and how do we do it I well I think it's if we're talking about a theater I feel like if the theater if if the I mean the buck stops with the board quite frankly because the board are the people who are the big donors and that the the artistic director answers to the board and um it's I feel it's the responsibility of the board Mm -hmm. but I think it is the responsibility of the managing director and of the artistic director and the people who lead the actual theater and are making the progress to bring that to the attention of of the the board. board. And then you get board members who are like, well, I don't know any rich African-Americans or I don't know any rich <laughs> Latinos. And, and I'm like, I don't think you're trying. You're not, not really. trying. No. <laughs> and it's, well, and also, you know, potentially the part of the responsibility is the patrons. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, the patrons, the, the the people, the management and the board listen to the patrons because they're buying the tickets. But see, unless they, as, as we start, if you have a history of not telling my stories on right. stage, then mm-hmm. I'm the, dollar, my hard-earned dollars are going to That's go right. where I That's can right. see myself or I can see right. stories that not necessarily... A, about me, but are, are about my lifestyle that right. I know that I can relate to in some way, and so it it starts with reaching out to me before you need me. It starts exactly. with saying we're sure. making theater for everybody, right. not just when I produce my show in February that happens to have people that look. Right. I don't need to have you know. Don't reach out to the black churches when you're doing crowns, but don't hmm. reach out to them. When you're doing, yeah, you can't uh, take it with you or something or you like yeah, that. No, yeah, no, right. just reach it. That's not the only time. You need to reach out to us. Build a relationship and maintain the relationship. the The relationship doesn't stop when Crowns is over. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and what when, does that say to you when that's how it's done? Well, that it's oh, not, that it's just it about like good business. It's a marketing it like smart thing. business. Yeah, it, but it's it, also such a risk for it doesn't. For but where it they doesn't seem to me like good business because then you you've you've invited a whole group of people into your theater for a specific amount of time and then never invited them back and they're going to know 
they're going right. to know, well, and, and then is, they're going to stop coming, right? Well, it, it's good for optics. Mm -hmm. It's good so that you can yes. you can you can right. turn in a grant. Yes. So you can turn in a piece of paper yes. that says we are serving this part of the community at this mm -hmm. time, right? But you know what? Secretly behind doors. It's just too much trouble to maintain those those relationships. Yep. It's too much trouble. But it's good that we have it on paper. Right. Well, and, right. then, and then the other thing, what, this is what it says to the other audiences. A lot of times when I believe that when predominantly white audiences see that there's a show with predominantly another race, they think it's a show that only pertains right. to that race. If they're more black, oh, then that's a black show or there's mm -hmm. a Latino show. That's, that's what that show is about. I think theaters then count on losing part of that white audience because the, a lot of the white audience thinks, oh, well, I won't be able to relate to that. Right. I won't understand that. Right. So that's why they have to market right. to that other audience. But then what that does to me is say that you're using me. Yeah. You need my dollars for right. that. Point. And I think it, the onus is on the theater to, to then tell maintain. their patrons to maintain their patrons and say this story is you know I just I'm, I'm going to direct at Water Tower this coming season and I'm so excited about it and the play is, is universal it, it, it's completely universal it's a, a Mexican American writer um, some of the characters are Mexican American but you're right Denise like somebody would, will inevitably go oh it's about Latinos I can't, I can't relate to that and so it falls on me and the theater to deliver a message that says, this place for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and I actually did record a, a blurb that says, the, I said, mm. the last thing I want is for people to think that this is a play that for Spanish speakers or for only Latino members. This play is human. Yes, yeah. and that's what we have to, to get. Even yeah. the messages, there was a theater in town, and I won't say the name because I don't want them to think that I'm bashing it, but just the message it sent to me. As they, as they introduced a new artistic director mm -hmm. and their commitment to diversity and how wonderful and diverse it was, everybody that got up and spoke to that was a white man. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, right. how committed are you to diversity right. if this is the first time you've brought in a woman? And, you know, it was, and to me, maybe not a lot of people, and, and I, I'm sure that they didn't even think about no, that. No, because they don't have and to. they don't have to. They don't have to. And that's, and... Exactly. Like I, I, part of me wants to like go off mm -hmm. and part of me, because I'm sure the experience for you has been the same, Denise, growing up, you are always told be smarter, be better, be more generous, be the teacher. Yes. And I'm quite frankly, I'm tired, tired of teaching. teaching? Yeah, I'm just things. tired of being the teacher, <laughs> but it's caught. Yeah. Just bat. <laughs> I'm brown and tired. Yes. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, but but they don't have to. They've yes. never had to think about those situations. They've never had to think about the irony of being a group of, of white men mm -hmm. getting up and talking about diversity and not representing any diversity. Anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, it looks good on a grant application. It I looks good. I have a question, because what this brings to my mind is, um, as a teacher and the opportunity, we're all teachers in here, and the opportunity we have to, um, I, I, feel, I just feel like the, the younger generation that's coming up 
they're they're moving past us so fast mm-hmm. in, yes. in these issues and um, like they, we did with will, our parents. They, you they know? will if we get out of their way. Yeah. Well, that's yes. right. Yes. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, and I, I'm such. I know I'm an optimist. I, I've always been an optimist, and um, and I hope I'm not unrealistic, but and sometimes I probably am. But I feel like um, I have hope. I really believe I have such hope in these teenagers, those kids from Parkland the kids at Cry Havoc, the kids who are organizing and speaking to the world about what is, what's happening to them mm-hmm. across any racial, gender issues, socioeconomic gen- issues. They're just speaking as people. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, those kids who are going to be the leaders of our world one day, if we have a world anymore, um, I, I have a lot of hope in them the, that this issue will become that there it, it there won't be it'll blend there you know, will be a blend. Go ahead. No, I, I I hope so. This is this is what I see happening. I know it happens with our generation. There is always going to be, in my opinion, a thread of it. It's sure. always going to run uh-huh. through. And uh-huh. the the other thing we have to stop trying to do is we can't solve 2018 racism problems with 1979 mentality. Right. We can't come to kids today and go, well, see, this is what we, if you did this, because it just does not work. Um, there are a lot of things. You know, we have to adjust to the fact that kids are going to have their cell phones all the time, mm. in the hand, constantly, as opposed to sitting down to the dinner table, like, you know, and, and or whatever your tradition was in your generation, mm-hmm. we can't hear or come to them and say, well, this is how we dealt with racism, because they have a different mindset. They also are a lot more mature because they've been exposed to so much more than we have. We had four channels, three, That's unless right. we were standing there holding the antenna with the hang up and no right, you know, no flyers to change the channel. You know, we, we are we are the last generation that grew up that kind of like has a foot in, in each both. world. Yes, we, our childhood was no internet, no cell phones, right, right. and then suddenly the next day. We had internet and cell phones, right? So we're kind of like that last. I'm talking about people my age. Yes, um, all right. That last all right. generation of like almost no, almost. not quite. Not Olivia. Not Olivia. <laughs> like my, like well, my, my kids. Internet happened when I was in high school. So yeah, yeah. I made it. I made my got my childhood. My kids <laughs> don't know a world no, before right. internet. My kids don't uh-huh. know a world, and I have this conversation with my children all the time. Mm-hmm. My, you know, my son who is. He's a yang, a angry young theater artist, right? Right, and, right. And um, he's very much like change everything, burn it all down, let's start all over yeah. again, and it shouldn't be this way. And I'm very much like, well, when I was coming up, you, know, <laughs> you just kind of like hardened, you hardened up, and yeah. if you wanted to walk, if some, if you didn't like that something was happening, you walked out of the room, and if you never worked there again, you never worked there again. And if you, if somebody called you up then that's just what you were. If my son were here, because we we had this talk in the car yesterday where he was bringing something up, and we, we were talking more about like a, the Me Too generation, right. which I'm glad that all of this is happening, but we were talking about, and I said, well, you know, that happened to me. It happened to me when I was coming up, and uh, I, I just, you know, there it never occurred to me to, tell me. to tell anybody, and it never occurred to me that uh, I couldn't walk out of the room if I didn't 
if I didn't mm-hmm. like what was happening, yeah. if, 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 if somebody was treating me in a way that was, um, I don't know, sexually derivative or whatever, or, or if, I, if I felt like I was being assaulted, uh, walk out of the room, say no, you know, whatever. And I got really, really fired up about it. And I said, that's just what you did. And then you become a bitch. That's right. You become a bitch and then that's how people know you. Mm, right. And um, that's just how it was. And his argument was like, it shouldn't be that way. That's right. And I'm like, you're right. You are absolutely right. So I agree with you, Wendy. Like, this next generation of kids who are like, it should not be that way. Right. 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 And hopefully by the time they get into positions of leadership, yeah. I don't know, maybe it won't. I don't know. Maybe not. There, there. I know there always will be those because it depends on who their parents are and what they're learning at home. I mean, that's part of it and what they're exposed to. And in certain section, you know, certain areas, they're still going to have they're not going to learn diversity. How far they're not does the power learn. and the money go? Yeah, back. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah, just even power, even and just stupidity power. without. Yes. <laughs> and um, or and no, you know what? You know what I've always felt is I and I tell this to my students uh-huh. at, at Booker T. Um, they're they're this. I always say if you are in an uncomfortable casting situation, if you are in a that that should never you you have power. You have more power than you think you do. And if something makes you feel uncomfortable, for whatever reason, then you should speak up. Yeah. But nobody tells you that when you're a student. Oh, God, no. 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 And, and well, because as students, again, from our generation, you didn't speak up. No, you did not. You, were, you respected that adult no matter what they did. I right. mean, and even in my teaching to my children, what I taught them was oh, unless it's a situation that you're dangerous, you respect the teacher. Now right. you come home and tell me, right. I'll go cuss her out. Right. But you exactly. respected that. But as opposed to them stopping. And see, I think sometimes we, we cross, there's a line to cross. Uh-huh. The kids now are... They're, they're in a better position to deal with that. more again, because they've been exposed to so much more. When we talk about the ignorance, sometimes people only saw as far as their dinner table. And if everybody around the dinner table was racially ignorant, then that's where you grew up. But now you have, t- you know, you can't be shielded from all of the things going on in the world. So there is less of an excuse to say, I didn't know. Right. Than there was in my generation. There's no way that you should not know again if you want to be conscious of it. Mm-hmm. If you really want to be part that of it. That is that, a great point. There is no way you shouldn't know. Um, I shouldn't know that people are hurting in other parts of the world, in, in the, um, the Muslim America. I should not know that right. immigrants are being threatened at this point. There's just too much. And if I am, then I have closed myself off mm-hmm. to that because I'm only concerned about me. Right. Again, it comes from a place of selflessness and not selfishness as to how we take care of one another. Right. So, right. Have you ever been in a position of leadership that required you to reach out and get diversity or have you ever been on the other side of that? And what did you do? What do you what do you think can be done? That required as in we were asked to do that or we were you were um, trying to bring more diversity yes. in. Were you trying to seek okay. it? Were you trying to let's go with both sides of the equation. Have you ever been in a position where you had to reach out to create diversity? And have you ever been on the other side of that? Were you in a position where people sought you? Absolutely. 
And what, and I guess let's start, let's start with the first one. What did you do? This is a thing that, that is a very um, prominent in my life right now is that transitioning from being an actor to being a director you are always put more in a position of seeking diversity, right? Mm -hmm. And um, um, so oftentimes, the people who are in production will say to you, you have to hire an entire design team that is made up of people of color or women. That must be the thing that you do. And like I said at the beginning mm -hmm. of the podcast, I'm all for diversity. I'm all for providing opportunity to all kinds of people, regardless of gender or ability or skin color. But, you know, if, if, if you are a white man and I am the only female person of color on the production team, right, and you are still dictating to me who I must hire, mm. then you are not really... Mm. diversifying at all hmm. right. you are you are still perpetuating the same culture of i am the white man telling the people of color what to do right. and what diversity looks like right yeah. you know if if you white man want more diverse designers on your team then you hire them and let the only latina director on your team hire whoever the hell she wants. Because you know what else looks good on paper? A Latin woman in charge of a bunch of white dudes. If that's right. who I want to hire. Yes, <laughs> right? You know? But, uh, Which, let's see, how often does that happen? Well, I'm if I get my say. Yes. And, you know, I, and the thing is, is because that people don't think about it. But that. people don't think about that. People mm -hmm. think, oh, we have to hire more diverse uh, designers or more diverse design team. Let's put them all on the per on, on on the black show or let's put them all mm -hmm. on the latin show yes. right because why why can't there be a a latino or latinx lighting designer on on the, on Lynn Nottage's sweat mm -hmm. why can't there be a white gay costume designer on the Julia Alvarez play like right. why can't you know that is how you really diversify that's what diversity Allo is allowing whoever the person in the room in charge is, to, to hire who they want. Yes. But as long as the person in power mm. is the white man, right, and they think they're being diverse by dictating to the people of color and to the women who they should hire, then all the work you've done, no matter how good-natured it is, is still dictated yeah. down from the white man. And so is that, are we saying that there's a motivation issue behind getting diversity? I think there's confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think I think you're right. There's, there's so much around the, on, on both sides of that. There are some people who want it really bad. Oh, well, we, my goal is, I, I, we, I want you to know that I'm trying. I think that's what it is. It's not so much of really wanting the diversity. It's I want you to know that I'm trying to be to show diversity Optics. right and, yeah. and even people who are not trying to do it just you know for the grand thing they want to be liked absolutely i want you to i want you to know that I you really can have am all on the my good side of that right. intentions and then on the other side of that when you become a you know a relatively prominent or and i don't want to say prominent because it sounds arrogant i get more calls 
about you're prominent about, Denise about Lee. black people you know I get they, I, and I, I told folks in our first community conversation I don't want to be your go-to Negro I would like um, to say that Denise Lee is very prominent <laughs> <laughs> she cannot <laughs> but I will but it is the thing is, I shouldn't be the only person. When people are reaching out, why not? Or I had so I have so many people, and I, people who I love, call me right. to come speak to their students. Oh, I have this African American student that I would really right. love for you to talk right. to. So I can't talk to your white kids, right. right? You know, I can't. I can't. Or you know, I want you. Mm -hmm. They only call me, and they don't realize it when they need people of color. And I'm like, I speak to you from a perspective of a woman of color every time I open my mouth. Because no that's the only no perspective. Matter, that's the only perspective I have. And so I don't care where you put me, who you ask me to talk to, it's going to come from that perspective. And a lot of times that perspective is going to be like yours and that perspective is going to be like yours and it's going to be because we share those things. Because we're human. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's right. what you need to, to, to have me... Yes. Come in. I've told folks that I, I'm changing my thought as far as how I use the term ally anymore. I'm not going to be a straight ally to the gay community. I'm not going to be an ally to the... I'm going to be a human ally. So if somebody's doing you wrong, you're human, just like I right. am. I'm going to stand up for you. I'm a yeah. human ally yeah, yeah. to that yeah. regard. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not a... You know, if somebody asked me that, yes, but my mindset has changed mm -hmm. because then I think those things still stress our differences right yes. you know it, it still emphasizes that our differences i would rather be an ally to somebody that i'm we're all alike and i'm standing by you in this regard if someone is doing something wrong or if we need to stand up because your rights are being taken away or you're not being represented represented then i need to stand by you period no matter who you are no matter what you look mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know i want to kind of circle back a little bit um we were talking about you were talking about not wanting to see, for example, fences with a white cast or something like that, right? You can't. You can't. <laughs> not it wouldn't work. It, right? <laughs> like doing an all-white hairspray. Oops, that's Oops. been done. That I'm sorry. That's a different Wowzers. Yes. Yikes, wowzers. Um, <laughs> moving Just right on. <laughs> So that's what happens when you're bat? That's it. well, that's that's the thing. Yes, yes. Filters come off when you get bat. Um, you need t-shirts. So, so when we're talking about that, and and I've heard that like a very similar argument, for example, with Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton being not a person of color. Oh, and but he was. So I'm I'm telling you what I have heard. Okay. So what I'm saying is when the argument is being said, and yes, I agree, by the way. I that I'm I'm putting yes. that in quotes. Let yes. me back up. I, I realize that. But when we're talking about these people in our American history that are white, mm -hmm. um so we remember, right? Um when they say, Well, you have all these people of color playing white people. What when you're talking about that argument in terms of fences, let's let's look at the other side. What is your response to that? Mm. I don't Deep think breath. Hamilton is about race the way fences is about race. Right. Hamilton mm -hmm. is about the American fabric that includes that includes all and people. it's a modernization and it's such a it's a different concept and it was written by a man of color. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it gets passed. Yes. I, just, I just think it's a, it's a different. <laughs> I yes. think that's. I think it's animal. a completely different thing. The yes. other thing is is also for how, how how many years how many years 
in the American theater. Uh, so you're going to get mad about Hamilton because there aren't other roles for white people? Yeah. But Lena Horne could yeah. play uh, in yeah. 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 I'm so, All the roles are for white people. So <laughs> right, right. can we have something? Uh, well, Just like the woman I, who asked us in the, uh, during the Wiz and the talk actions. well, where's the diversity at the theater center? Why is it, Why aren't there white people in, in the Wiz? I said, because then you'd have the Wizard of Oz. That's, That's, right. Right. <laughs> That's right. I personally would not pay money to go see a Hamilton with all white people in it. I don't think that would be well, very interesting. And it wasn't designed that way. It wasn't no, designed. No, that's not yeah. what it, it is. The music. No. The music. No. I want to see Hamilton with a female Hamilton. That's, oh. And you know, I can see that happening. Yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. And money. Yeah, and money. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, for, for so many years, for so many years, the default, like Denise was talking about, is white, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and this also leads into the um, broadcast and film world and all that kind of stuff. You, when, when, when you get, when you get a, I don't get called that often for a lot of things because the specs are like white woman or, or if it just says woman, woman. <laughs> it just says woman in her 40s, mother, blah, 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 blah. They're not looking for us. That's They're not right. looking for us. Hmm. Because so the, the default is a white woman, uh, right? I don't like, say I white, get called you, where right. it says, could be Latina, <clears throat> could be black. Or very so specific. you have to actually, they actually put on their right. a, a specified race. Uh -huh. Otherwise, the assumption right. is. Otherwise, is you, you sure. walk in and they're like, it's, it's like. A deer in headlights. Because like they can't you tell you to leave. Their brain has been right. They can't tell you to leave. Twisted around because they can't think of you as just like the default American mom. Well, the news media does the same thing. Yeah. If the criminal yeah. was white, oh, yeah. just we're looking for uh, a man. Da 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 da. Yeah. But another Hispanic or African American, mm -hmm. they're very quick to specify. Yes, they are. Let yes, me. Can I are. play devil's advocate here? Sure. Because I think as we have progressed. Um, Racial, for instance, there was a time in the '50s neighborhoods stayed pretty much to ourselves. You didn't see there were interracial couples, interracial marriages, but for the most part, you know, people stayed within because it was dangerous if you didn't. Sure. As we have crossed those lines now, you can't tell who is who, and you can't make a you know there cannot be a defining thing. So we had this conversation the other day. We did a reading of Greg Allen's play *Hiding in Daylight*, which deals with a lesbian and a gay couple. And it was just a reading, but we were talking about, so let's say, the casting of that. Um, I went to an art exhibit the other day, and Mr. Kinsey made this point. He said, your, your skin color speaks before you do. And so mm -hmm. it becomes, there's several things, and you and I have talked about, you know, when we talk about casting, because people get all in an uproar. My question to, um, I asked Bob, because Bob Hess read it was myself, Cheryl Allison, Bob Hess, and Thomas Ward, as we read this. Mm -hmm. And I said, so... Should this play, when produced, be cast, should the actors actually be gay and lesbian actors? And I said, I can see both ways. I can, I can have the opinion, because you can't look at me, you can't ask me when I walk in the room my sexual orientation mm -hmm. preference. Um, there are many actors who have done both on television. Right. Straight mm -hmm. actors who play, gay actors who had to play straight because they couldn't. Come out. So then, and can I play that role? I absolutely can. But at the same time, I know that a woman who has lived that experience as a lesbian woman will right. bring more depth to that. So I, then there was the case where there was the little young, there's a young girl in this community who got cast in. Um, oh, Hunchback. 
Hunchback of Notre Dame. She is Latina. But she has features of her dad, who is Irish. Like they're very, she's yeah. very, and they told her she wasn't Latina they, enough. They, enough. Her, they told her you're not Latin enough, and I was like, "But you're Latin, so <laughs> how are how can you not be Latin enough?" She she called me and right. said, "What do I do about this?" And I said, "You go back to that director because they cast her and then they took the role they took away." It away. <sighs> yes. I said, you go back to that director and say, "So are you going to cast an actual hunchback? <laughs> are you going to cast actual <laughs> right. French people?" Right. Are you know and Disney we, made me. Esmeralda dark skin, mm-hmm. but Romani people mm-hmm. come in all colors. That's yeah. right. And people who really raise a lot of hell about this have not done enough of their research. They're going visually what they think. And I think as we talk more about right. diversity, what we have to get past is what we what you see. Do. Right. And and the thing is, if this person is supposed to be Muslim American, but they look and they do the role. I mean, unless it, it's about that experience and they have to be, if that makes sense. That if makes it's a story sense. about the Muslim American and it's a, about a real person, I don't want somebody, I don't want a white guy playing Dr. King. It's it's no. so, like, you know, this would never happen now. But in my early career, when I was still doing, like, a lot of commercials and film auditions and, and just auditions in general, I would I would get sent out for Middle Eastern roles before I would get sent out for Hispanic roles. And I would, I, I've would i played Palestinian women, right. I've played Lebanese women, I've played Saudi women, I've played Egyptian women. I think more than I've played Latin women. Hmm. That would never happen today. Mm-hmm. And and what's it, it's just about, again, and I'm like, I don't know, it's, it's about the people in power and their perspective. Yeah. I'd love that I would get called out for, for moms and never get cast. A stay-home mom, I'm like, you know that's what I do, that's right? That's what I am. That's <laughs> what I am. This is, this is really I know what, what they that look is. like, right? I, I know mean, what this that is. is. This is what, but I was, I was once told that I was too heavy to be the um, restaurant mom, but I wasn't fat enough to be the fat one. Yeah, that was always like... Yeah, I was always... Yeah. Was, but it's about the perception of the people yeah. in power. Yeah. And at this point, sometimes if the optics... I mean, I, so I look at it in, in both ways. A if the optics did, fit yeah. and the person is the best for the role, unless it is a very specific live, exactly. real character, right. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with it. And even if I did, it's my issue with that. And if that right. is what we have to learn to do is our way is not always right. Right. That's what it comes down now, to. Now, if you were talking to, to my son, he would say, you can't do that play. And that's where that's where we kind of like butt heads mm-hmm. because right. I'm with you, Denise. You know, if you make every effort, you make every effort to find right. th- that specific person for that specific experience. But if you can't find that specific person, does that mean that you can't do the, do the play? play? And again, as long as it's not about race that. Again, the white hairspray. You can't, I don't care if you right. can't find enough black folks to then do hairspray. Then don't do hairspray. Then you can't do right, hairspray. don't do right. hairspray. I think but, this is where um, Asian and Pacific Islanders. This is Leave the conversation. I have never played a Filipino character. Ever. Not once. <laughs> not one time. So, like, I, I agree. I totally agree. But being not black or white or Latinx, like, 
Where does that leave? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can't even imagine. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I, I shouldn't. Your year acting. hasn't come. Your year hasn't come yet. <laughs> you haven't had, y'all you know? haven't had a year yet. I don't mm -hmm. know when it's going to happen. Somebody oh, needs no. to do Here Lies Love by David Byrne. Sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this, is, this, is a, this is a really interesting thing because it's like when, when I, you know, I'm going to say something that's going to make people mad, okay? Yeah, you know. So go for it. I, like I said before, we're talking about diversity. We all want it. It's a good yeah. thing. But sometimes I think that there is a danger of going yes. too far the other in way. one direction. Oh, yeah. So there's a production of, of Gilbert and Sullivan, the Mikado, mm -hmm. right? That takes place in Japan. Mm -hmm. And they someone was recently doing it, and the cast was white. And people were like, you can't do yellow face. And I'm like, but the Mikado isn't yellow face. The Mikado is... is the Mikado is not actually about Japanese sure. people. Right. Mm -hmm. The Mikado is a, is making fun of British people and their perception right. of of Asian culture. Yeah. Now, why do the Mikado? I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> but but they're, but they're doing it right. And so there sometimes there's confusion. Like mm -hmm. we're doing the Mikado, so we must cast all Asian people. I'm like, but that's not what the Mikado is about. Well, and also, you know, but if, but but if you are doing the king and I, then you, then yes, yes, absolutely. But what does that mean? Does that mean but all Asians, or does that mean all Siamese? I don't know. How people? do you feel? Only specifically because the Latin community does that too. Like the mm -hmm. Latin community is like sure, Puerto, you know, Puerto Rican. Puerto Ricans are you, playing Mexicans. Yeah, Mexicans mm -hmm. playing Puerto Ricans. It puts us in a very it's a weird unique spot. spot. Yes, which it is does. complicated. It's about, it I, does. You, if you to me, if you look the role, and um, you do the role, just think that. Let's let's look at that from the other perspective of African Americans. I think, in my opinion, we are people without a culture because, for the most mm. part, everyone else was brought came here by way of Ellis Island or across, yeah. and you can trace how you got here through family. We were already here. We right. Well, there you go. <laughs> but. Mm -hmm. As, as an African American, mm -hmm. I can only trace back as far as my ancestors. Right. In this. Your and culture so was taken we from We have no, right. we're people. So when you talk about who African Americans can play, I'm like, well, can, you know, I don't know what tribe in Africa. I, I could sure. be this color because I come from a Latin kid. You know, it's yeah, just, sure. and, and so we don't, we don't know. So that's when I think what we all have to start doing from here is lay down our swords, everybody. And stop coming with, you know, you can't do that or you can't do that. Here's the thing. If you choose to do it and I don't like it, then I don't pay my money. Sure. That's right. And that's what, because that's what artistic freedom should be. I think we have a responsibility to be true to the characters in the, exactly. in the play. Mm -hmm. And everybody's not going to do that. But we right, can't please. publicly, everybody, that's bad. Because then that becomes selfish. That's bad to me. I okay. agree with you mm -hmm. completely. Who will pay the money to, because I feel like there are many audiences who will then still pay the money for that show to happen, mm -hmm. and they still will not pay the money for these other shows that you're talking about. Then we can't worry about them. That's, I, I can't, yeah. The, that's like, the, I feel like that doesn't stop the thing that we're talking about from happening. But I am, am I making sense? We haven't been unified enough to say that. We haven't had the unit. For instance, if I decide I'm not going, if somebody asks me why I'm not going, I'm not going because this is what I don't agree with. I'm not saying right, right. you don't have to go. Then I think we have to find people who are of like mind. So then that's why all these theater companies come up. Mm -hmm. Because this is why I think, mm -hmm. and so there, there is something. 
for everybody. Mm -hmm. Do I still, I think we have to support. One of the things I will never do is go on publicly any place and say, that play was horrible. That show was really bad. Because it, theater and art and music is subjective. Mm -hmm. Now, I may tell you personally, oh, my God. Right. But that's me talking to friends or private. But I will never bash publicly another play it's and say it's not. It's hard to make a play. You know, and, and mm -hmm. it's, you have to respect the And again, it's subjective. Right. I might not like that, but somebody else does. And that I happens music, all the time. And that thing is, right. I might, if somebody asks me, wasn't my taste, but go see it. Right. Mm -hmm. Support mm -hmm. it because it right. makes a difference in lives of children and people that we never know. I also think, back to your question, I think the onus also falls on the individual performer. Yes. Most of the time, a playwright will say, you must make every effort to find this specific person. If it matters to the playwright, they will say right. that. That's mm. true. You must make, you know, straight, right. uh, yeah, straight white, straight men. white men. Yeah, straight white men was like, make an effort to find this specific person. Mm. So we did, and we exhausted our efforts, and we finally found someone. Um, but a lot of playwrights, like Lin-Manuel with In the Heights, Lin-Manuel will give the rights to In the Heights to whatever high school wants to do mm. it, regardless, because he feels that putting the story out there is more important than who specifically is playing mm -hmm. the role. It, it just, it, it depends, right? But it also, it, it falls on, on the performer too. If, if um, you know, the, the story, the, the big scandal with Scarlett Johansson recently, yeah. who was going to play a trans mm. woman, mm -hmm. right? Or a trans man, mm -hmm. um, she knows better. It's like Denise says. Yeah. You know, she lives in, in this world with social media. Yeah. She should have known better yeah. from the beginning and said, you know what, mm -hmm. I'm going to step back because there are people who are more capable of playing this role than I am. Who live the and experience. It, and, and it becomes being selfless right. and not selfish about it. And she got enough it. money to turn that down. Absolutely. You, you know, and, she, and the thing is, it's like she's gotten, she's gotten flack about this before. You know, she played mm -hmm. Eon Flux, mm -hmm. who is Asian. Yeah. You know, and that's who it, I thought you were going to talk about first. You, yeah. I didn't know about the other. No, no, show. yeah. She, she, and, and she should know better. Mm -hmm. There was also mm -hmm. very recently the revival of West Side Story in London and um, concert style, mm -hmm. but that always leads to a revival um, where Maria was, they cast a, a, a white Maria and the community. There's no reason in this world now anymore, anymore no. to cast a non-Latina mm -hmm. Maria. No, there's no reason. And that actress should have gone, yeah. maybe I shouldn't play this role, maybe. Mm, right. And it took her, it took the uproar of an entire community for her to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And so then that makes me question, her. are you really mm -hmm. concerned about, you know, representation and diversity or are you concerned about your reputation yeah. that's it it's just like the people who say something racist and then come back and apologize when the community is right or you get caught saying it you, right you weren't sorry if nobody publicized right. it it you know, you know and, so. and and then there are and then there are other stories and i just i'm i reference movies because i watch a lot of movies but there's that movie i no, i can't remember the name of it but ben affleck was the lead and played a a Latino, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted to make the movie and he wanted to cast a Latin actor in the movie. And the studio came back and said, we will not make the movie unless you play the lead because it will not sell. So then it becomes his responsibility to go, 
should I step back? Should yeah. the movie not get made? Right. Because we, there's not a Latin actor, which also I can't believe. But anyway, right. uh, or is the not story one, more important <laughs> to put out there? They wanted him because he'll sell tickets. They wanted him because... And it becomes that money, that power money that you were power. talking about. Yeah. yeah. But we yeah. have to decide what our price is. Exactly. We have to decide what our price is and that is with anything if it's like well i want to further my career then that's your price mm -hmm. when you do something that you know that you probably shouldn't then that's what your price is no matter what i mean that that goes by way of you know and this is crossing over like to the me too movement if you mm -hmm. said well you know if i sleep with him then my career will then you have said on you know and i'm not saying no again, and there's the no women, judgment you know what i mean it's there's like no none. judgment here's the deal you but do what then you gotta don't do. try to use the system no matter what it is and then come back and condemn the system because you didn't win this is the argument that i have with my son this is the argument i have <laughs> with my son is that this is a tricky business. Yes. And as far as behavior in the rehearsal room or whatever, absolutely, it should you should it should be a safe environment. You should feel free to create. You should feel mm -hmm. safe yes. to be absolutely open. But you know, if you have personally, if you are in the room in the situation and you don't want what's about to happen to happen, then you have the ability to go, I'm walking out right now. What this may mean is that I will never work here again. Yes, That's right. Yes. And I got to be okay with that. Yes. Right? Or you can say, I'm going to flirt a little bit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for it. No judgment. Absolutely. Do what you got to do. And that what you're okay with. What you're okay with. Do what you're okay with. And I know I probably am going to make a lot of people angry by saying this. And, you know, it's your decision. I just I just said it, so you did. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand. I mean, I'm not talking about situations where somebody's holding you down, mm -hmm. you know, or forcing you. Or using their power for you, sure. Or using, yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's so tricky. It's so tricky. It's a, but we, we're not comfortable. There are people in this community who don't speak up when they see something, but they'll talk about it quietly. Oh, yeah. Behind, right. and it's like, no. <laughs> when you know directors that won't cast because, you know, race or whatever it is, you, if, it's not about speaking up, but it's about being true to yourself. And right. I've made several decisions. I was like, you know what? I know. I can work here no more. And I'm, cause I'm, but I'm going to say this because it's my truth. Mm -hmm. We all have to be so secure in our truth with ourselves. I have to sleep at night. Right. And I don't care yeah. if you can't sleep because yeah. of it. This is my truth. And I hope that you know me to be the, that my truth is not to hurt you. It is not to hurt what you do. But it is, I have to be true to me. And we go, I can't do that. And I'm, I'm honest, and I'm not mad about it. Right. For instance, you know, we were talking about there's a, there's a play right now that something happens in that play. I respect the ability of that actress to be able to do that. I couldn't tear that book up like that. And I'd have to say, y'all got to get me a fake book. Right. If they say, no, we have to have this. Okay, then I'm not the actress. Right. And right. I am right. secure enough in what I believe to say, thank you very much for the consideration. But I have right. to step back. We have to learn to be true to ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So how do we cultivate audiences that are receptive to the things that we're we're talking about? And I'm going to I'm going to share something um not an actress, right? But uh 
in a class that I have right now, I have a friend of mine who's writing a show, uh, writing a show, writing um, a short story that is very much about the black church. And he and I are the only black people in the class. And so there are many things that are in this story um, that are very much about the experience in the black church that they did not understand. Our classmates were like, well, why would you call them this? Why is, does, does that mean that they are a nun if you call them Sister Sarah? Or like, <laughs> these are things that are actually said, right? And so for us, we're like, no, this is very clear. Oh, to us, this is clear to us because this is our experience, right? right? So the, the conversation that we then went down is like, how do you create things that are true to the story that we want to tell but still have an audience that is receptive enough to listen to it. Because what they essentially told him was, you have to take that out. It's too confusing. You you have to take that out. Well, and so it goodness. is about understanding your audience, right? And that's what everybody is saying. You have to know your audience. But at what point at can that, my audience at be... At that point, you stop working with those yes, people. That's right. You just do it. What I mean, what about teaching them what Sister Sarah means? Well, right. Right. Or what about them being open to, to wanting to, to right. wanting to know? When somebody, right. you know? when somebody says to you, "Oh, nobody will understand that," or what? I mean, there's a difference between giving feedback to a play where mm-hmm. it's like something dramaturgically right, mm-hmm. or but but to 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 deny an experience because somebody who's different will not understand it. Right. That's right. Mad. That's right. Mad. That's, That's mad. crazy. Mm-hmm. Also, as as theater makers, like. It's not my responsibility what the audience thinks. Right. Mm-hmm. That's no. right. Sorry. That's right. My responsibility is to go out and tell the story. Tell the story as honestly as, as possible. honestly as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. What the audience thinks of it or how they react to it is none of my freaking business. It's true. We have no control over it. We, we control you can't, yourself. You, you can't, can't control, control it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. you 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 find people to work with that want to hear your experience. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I find totally. that reaction from your classmates just so lazy. Just so lazy. lazy. I can't like, again, I, I mean <laughs> I, hate, I hate to all keep bringing up that I'm Filipino, but like the number of Filipino films and stories and things that relate to my experience. Not just Filipino, Filipino American. Right. First generation immigrant. Because that's different. I can count them on one hand. Mm-hmm. But I watch movies and theater and listen to music all the time, you know? And I, if someone's calling them Sister Sarah, I'm going to get that context clue. And I'm mm-hmm. going to just figure it out and right. make a decision as to what right. I think it means. And I'm not going to get angry that that I don't get it and think that it shouldn't be in there. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually way more interesting. Can I, okay, another devil's advocate thing. because And I will give it the, the equivalent in my age, because I want to ask you about this. We talk about you being Filipino okay. and Asian and representation in movies and film. Yeah. The movie now, Rich Crazy Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. Rich Crazy Rich Asians. I can't wait. I know, and I can see it. <laughs> and I will, because that probably is what, the first major They said motion? second after Joy Luck is what people sure. are saying. Right, but not necessarily culturally, you know, like Joy Luck. Uh, and a lot, right. That's true. But I mean, just again, making them normal. Sure. If you will. Mainstream. Mainstream, mainstream normal. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole different experience. I mean, to to have that be like in 2018, like yeah. the first mainstream right. movie. Yeah. I mean, I kind of put it to the equivalent of when we saw Good Times, 
we were so happy. <laughs> but then I go back now and I look and go, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> really? That's, we were so. I mean, you, you know, it's like, right. do you believe in the? You got to start somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Because you have when to. I go back and read plays about. Latinos, like in the, like when, when we were the Latin American playwright movement, like right, in the right, late right. 70s and 80s, mm. I read some of these plays and I'm like, oh Lord, like really? <laughs> but it was just about getting out there. But what's, what's funny though is, as opposed to, we go back to good times, but we don't go back to Julia who, oh. with Diane Carroll because mm. it, 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 it's the yeah. same as, I mean, so there were mm-hmm. places yeah. to see, but mainstream recognizes a yuck yuck you know the happy right. happy go lucky and so i don't know the whole concept and you know i don't know exactly i can't wait to see it either sure but I, the thing is we're talking now in 2018 which is right. really wonderful we can see it with a with a more open mind like you you know we were so excited to see so is this black is families. like is this going to be for most asian americans is this movie going to be an eye-rolling experience or is this like fantastic yes. a mainstream sure. movie uh, I think when you read or look at the trailer or read about what it's about, like, I don't know that I expect it to be groundbreaking cinema by any <laughs> means. Right, right. But I think, yeah, I think just but neither was the opportunity <laughs> you know, to, go, to, go and, to go and see it. And you know it's, it's in many ways just an important step, regardless mm-hmm. of, of right. the film. Right. So, I'll, I mean, I'll go see it. Absolutely. And I'll... You know, sure. I can't wait to see it. I will see it as um, as a theater artist. I will see it with that kind of uh, Black Panther pride. That kind of eye. Yeah. yeah that, well, yeah. That, that kind was of a thing. That was no, a thing. critical no, the, eye. I, but but yeah. I'm, at the end of the day, I'm like, heck yeah. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm always happy when when my people are getting work. Yeah, I'm always absolutely. Right. I'll tell you what though. Like I went when I saw Black Panther the first time. The first time because now I own okay. it and I've right. seen it, but <laughs> right. I weep every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the, the, certain things that that are just like, wow, it's about time. Oh my god, right. and and that that just that moves can, me beyond words. I can't even talk. That about. you can sure. be normal and unashamedly yeah. black at the same uh-huh. time. Sure, it's yeah. not that you're being just normal, what white normal. Right, it right. is you are black. Yes, you are African. And you're normal at the same time. Right. That, and that is, there was a friend of mine who lives in Maine took a video of these two little African-American boys after he came out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I'm going to be him. You know, I'm going to be him. I'm going to be him. And all right. it was representation matters. It really because matters. Because these boys now see good men who are black. Right. And um, just like Sterling and, K. And, Brown and, said. And, and, they're, you know, and they're flawed. In this and they're, 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 they're heroes. Human. They're yes. human. That's right. You and know? they don't all well, think alike. They don't all think alike. And and it's, they're, yeah, it's incredible. I recent, I cried over a commercial recently because it showed a Hispanic family that was just a family eating Cheerios in the morning and the little boy loved Spider-Man and he, they were going to the dentist and they were there was nothing mentioned about them being Hispanic there was yes. nothing in the background that said these people are Hispanic they're exactly right. like <laughs> they lived in no flags, a no regular flags. suburban home yeah. that had beige walls sure. not everything was purple and blue and there was a virgin mary on the wall like <laughs> and i like it took it took me a second because i was watching it and i was like wait a minute like they just spoke spanish but they're also speaking english and they're eating cheerios 
they're going to the dentist and <laughs> you nobody connected, was talking. You connected all the dots. Nobody was talking about it. And I, I literally went. It's such, wow. a, it's such a relief. Wow. Well, yeah. I, mean, I think yeah, it's, it's all so it's amazing. That has, I mean, that has never happened. That has never happened without somebody making some yes. kind of yes. comment about like yeah. these wacky Hispanics. Wow. wow. They yeah. also go to the I dentist. Those yeah. We were talking about that a lot of times Shocking. white people don't ever have to think about. No. We don't. I can I tell remember, you, and we don't. I, I remember <laughs> my first time seeing a black man in a double meat commercial and I was like, there's no music. He doesn't have a boom box. He is not yeah. dancing. It is not. He's Yo, just a man chewing gum. He's just a man chewing gum. I mean, Oh but that, and that's the one that's that's what we all have to realize. We all have something to offer. Right. I can. I should be able to come and come and speak to students of all different races, not just because they're different races. I should be able to come to them as an actor of course. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say, and and people have to. We have to. Don't see me. My color. I like to. I like to consider it like a sorority. I'm proud of it. I know the history of it. I know where I come from, but it does not define me. Right. I know who I am. And so don't look at me first just as a black woman because I expect. Um, I've had people to say to me, I, I had a guy years ago, I called and I helped him with something at the company I worked for. And he was having such issues. And he was like, oh, you have been so wonderful. We talked on the phone several times. And he, um, actually, he started just calling me, hey, and I was engaged at the time. So I told him, he's like, do you have any friends? I'd love to meet some of your friends when I come to Dallas. Sure. I introduced him to a friend of mine. They talked on the phone before internet, a whole lot of, mm-hmm. so they talked and were really getting along really well until they sent each other a picture. And he, she said, yeah, he said he didn't realize I was black. And so he called, he called me and said, hey, um, how you doing? And I just hadn't said hi. And I said, yeah, I understand that. You know, he said, yeah, but I didn't know your friend was, was black. And I said, okay, and that makes a difference. He said, are, are you? But I didn't realize, and I went, I said, what was I supposed to do, split a verb? Yeah. You know, and so the thing is we have to lay down all of our preconceived notions about what people are supposed to be because our surroundings are what determine. If you, you know, poor Oprah, no, black folks don't all have rhythm. Look at Oprah. Bless her heart. Yeah. She would clap out in the audience. She, it it That's depends on what your surroundings are, your environment helps to dictate who right. you are. If you grow up with rhythmic people, I don't care what your skin color is, yeah. you develop and I, that. And, and that means us, too. Yeah, that, absolutely. That means us, too. Absolutely. It means that we cannot make assumptions about about white people, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean across the board. Yeah. Absolutely. Or to think we are entitled to something yes. because our ancestors were deprived of it. Right. And you know what? If as a, in the theater community, you work hard at your craft. And my, my favorite quote, because I have to quote one of my favorite actresses that said, show up and be better. Show up and be better. That would be Christy Bell. <laughs> <laughs> show up and be better. And not better than anybody else, but better than you were the last time. Exactly. And that's who you compete against. You, you show up and be better. And you're not angry because you didn't get a role. Because think about my best example of that one, because I don't get, I only compete with me in the room. My best example was, I think, a year that, was it Denzel Washington was nominated against Al, um, Al Pacino for um, Scent of a Woman. He was nominated for Scent of a Woman. Mm-hmm. And folks yeah. were like, if he doesn't get it, it's racist. I'm like, Al Pacino been nominated eight times and has never won. What right. does he say when he does? Mm-hmm. The thing is, 1,700 people auditioned for two roles. Yeah. Somebody, mm-hmm. everybody can't get it. Right. So right. don't come out thinking, oh, it had to be racism. 
Sometimes it will be. But again, when you're talking about, that's not my concern. Right. The reason you don't cast me is not my business. Sure. That's on you. Sure. My job is to come in and say, this is what I got, and give you the best that I got. Yeah, give you and the best a, three minutes and of my the life. Deal, and the deal is that we go into a meeting. It's not an audition. I have something to offer. You have something to offer. The two don't match. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Right. Mm -hmm. So true. Exactly. And that's the attitude we have to maintain yeah. in theater and stop accusing folks mm -hmm. because we're not sure enough of who we are. Right. Something important that I have also on along those lines is if you're not getting the work, create your own work. Right. You know? Absolutely. Make your own work. And I have done a lot of device theater and like bring, writing a show or, or, you know, just doing what you can. And regardless of how, where, how it, where it goes, it still is feeding your soul yes. and yeah. and you know, keeping your craft nice and sharp and, you know, and you it's have to important. Work on your craft. Right. Especially mm -hmm. as actors who it's just a weird position to be in this collaborative art form is to be like at the end, you know, kind of at the end of the line as far as like, do you get the job? Like start creating your own work. Start. Yeah. yeah. You know? The first time yeah. I saw yeah. grandmother in the specs that I was sent out, I was like, oh, 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 well. I have a really nice cardigan at home. I just for those auditions. I have <laughs> my grandmother wardrobe. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, oh my goodness. It's true, though, especially when especially when you do get sent out or people assume that you can only play, like for me, like that you would only play Latin roles or whatever. Then you're like, well, then I, then I should create the kind of work that I want to see, the kind of work that interests me. And you know what? Because I am Latin, because I'm Mexican-American, because I'm Texan, because I'm a woman, all of those things are going to inform my work. Mm -hmm. So that is already Latin, right? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't need to. I don't need to write in some Spanish. I, I yeah. had a great right. professor in in college, Charles Gordon, who wrote "No Place to Be Somebody." He was a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright and was the first African American man to perform allowed to perform on the Kennedy Center stage. And he was my acting mentor. Um, and he, in his acting class, he cast me in a scene from Blood Wedding. And I was like, oh, Chuck. <laughs> and so I got up there and I was like, started acting, right? And he stopped me and he goes, Christina, what are you doing? I was like, I'm doing the scene, Charles. And he was like, aren't you Latin already? And I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, then why are you acting Latin? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh my God. Like he blew my mind. Wow. And that was the beginning for me of like, no matter what I do, you're, if you're I'm doing already. Shakespeare, mm -hmm. if I'm doing Neil Simon, if I'm doing Jeffrey Hatcher adaptation of a 19th century novel written by Jane Austen, it is going to be very specifically through my lens of being of Latin. Yes. You know? So, and Texan. And Texan. And, and a woman. American. American. And American. So yes. don't think that my experience is limited just by my skin color. To your right. perception right. of right. what Latin to is. To what your and perception. That's the thing is to somebody else's perception. Because I will say the story I just wrote got a lot of pushback because of the name. For some reason, out of 30 pages of text they were like i don't i don't buy her name and her name is isabel valentina that's weird to them i don't i don't buy that she's latin because you wrote it what my daughter's name is isabel that is funny to me that is really funny to me that's quite ironic <laughs> um but but isabel is a spanish name so. it's because of the spelling they had a problem because i spelled it with an o and because her name is spelled isabel oh that's and her middle name is Valentina. There and is a is it problem. Is it because you're black? 
I, 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 I'm say, I'm, I didn't say anything. I'm just saying to them, and I used the word mija, and, she, and, and one of the women in the class was like, well, you have to understand, like, when you use the word mija, and I was like, I know what you it means. You realize I have a degree in Spanish. I'm, a, I'm aware. I'm aware of what that means. <laughs> right. or, 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 like, I just don't, I don't, I just don't buy, she, she, her name was Valentina. I was like, I mean, I could give, I mean, I know my characters, and I created her, so I could give you the whole thing. She's named after her Swedish grandmother. She's named after her Colombian grandmother. I could give you all that, but this story is about a politician. So, the, right. like, <laughs> this, this story has absolute, it brings nothing to do with race. It brings nothing to do with culture. Nothing in, the, it. The, the story doesn't even have yeah. anything to do with culture, except for when she went home to visit her mom, her mom called her Mija. Once. Right. There was no other Spanish. There was no other anything. But some kind of way, this did not come off as a Latina to you. And I think that's the other issue is that perception right. of, of whatever you expect this label of people to look like, to sound like, to act like, whatever that is. And I do think my personal opinion is if we can start seeing art in a way that doesn't come colored, no pun intended, but kind of, um, with, with, with whatever those lenses are, perhaps we can see the rest of the world. If we can just break down that and moment. Just say something that you said that I think is so important, too, we also have to expand on, we talked about it just a little bit, is that is this stuff that goes on within our perspective races mm -hmm. and how we're perceived no. By you know oh you're not black enough because right. you mm. don't do a certain not thing right. or you're oh. not oh that's happening and I, I did, oh I've been told several times oh I forgot you don't deal with black yeah folks. I've been told by many men, many of my people who yeah. are like well you don't you know you're not Latin enough, enough you're trying to be white or, again yeah. and because well, they've been brainwashed into believing what is in I remember Kit Credit we fell out bless his heart and I loved him um, we had one big argument because when he brought Al on years ago on the radio station and he, tons of people listened to him and he, his claim was to be a, a good family show but then he would say things to Al like oh that's not black you don't talk black at all why aren't you talking black blah 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 and, and that bugged me because I told him I said my daughters go to school in Garland it's predominantly white at the time I said when you say that they go to school with their white counterparts who expect them, go ahead, you're not talking jive, so that means you're not black enough. Right. I said, yeah. so you have to, I understand for the sake of comedy, but then you also, if you're saying you're a family show, then you have a responsibility right. to be a family show to everybody. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand, and maybe you don't get that. I understand, but I said, but that's then what our kids have to go, I have to have to go to school and hear you're trying to be white. Mm -hmm. right. Or then hear the black kids, you know, the, the white kids expecting, come on, talk. Talk to or, or the same if we're going through a receiving line. I get people who will do this, this, and get to me and want to do fist bump. And Are you, know, you serious? And like, Did you fist bump? Oh I mean, and it's just God. like, uh, you know, or looking to do the, like, <laughs> the shake, the hands shaking. I'm like, right. how you doing? There you go. Right. But we have to stop. I mean, and it's to show that, oh, you'll see it. No, life. to show that they, that they can relate to you. Yes. I've, I've had so many things. That the people say to you from from uh, a guy coming up to me in a bar back in the day saying the, his opening line was I really like Gloria Estefan to <laughs> to someone coming up to me and going like Hey did you see that new lowrider magazine 
Yeah. When I have never, ever, 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 when in my life have I ever said or mentioned... Or what said to you. What right. said to you about me that I... No, but I have I, the latest copy of Vogue. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the latest... The Cure album? Like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm listening to. Right. Um, Actually, I subscribe to it Atlantic Monthly. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's, it's little things like that. And, and, and so I feel that sometimes people don't know they're doing it or they yeah. don't mean it. But just think. I mean, just stop and think. Like, and I know this is going to sound histrionic or it may sound terrible. But, th I mean, think about it. If somebody came up to you, right, and said... So, Wendy, what kind of white bread do you buy? <laughs> because I need to know what kind of white bread to buy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what that's like... I would say I don't, well, I don't I buy, buy white, white bread, bread. Right? <laughs> right? I have no idea. I mean, but very recently I had a friend who was like, so just texted me, I'm in the grocery store and they're out of my favorite salsa. What kind of salsa do you buy? <laughs> and I wanted to say mayonnaise. <laughs> I love many. <laughs> um, and this person is is wonderful. I know. I, I love mean. this person. They are a very good friend. And sometimes people don't realize yeah. that they're doing yeah. it. That they're doing it. Yeah. And I will say, speaking as the white person here, <laughs> Denise and I had a three-hour conversation. We did. We had a wonderful we had a really conversation. good conversation. And I. I'm very aware of, we had this talk, and I'm very aware of the sins of my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And I'm very aware of being raised in Texas in a very middle class, almost middle class, not quite, white family, um, and going to all white schools until they bust in the, kid, the black kids when I was in high school who didn't want to be there. And, you know, it, so. I have, I have all my life the diversity and the acceptance in all people being people has been a really important theme for me in my life. I want to learn, you know? I, and Denise taught me so much the other day, and I would ask her a question. She'd say, okay, in this situation, <laughs> and she would teach me. But there was also the, I ain't speaking for all black people. No, that's <laughs> right. That's right. But... Yes. But you know what? I'd rather you tell me that than a white person tell me. You know, I want to know, um, and I'm—I know, and I—you I, know—I don't pretend that all people want to, all white right. people mm -hmm. want to know. But I want to know when I—if I say something that's offensive, mm -hmm. please tell me. I don't ever want to do that again. I think the, you, know? you know, but I think baseline is—it's not about what would be offensive to me as a black person or me. What's offensive as a human? What would you say, mm -hmm. just in general? That's the baseline. Exactly, and that's for, what I learned from you right. the other day. That was so it's like, because what valuable. might offend me may not offend you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so the deal is, it can't be. You have it, it's about our makeup. I don't know your makeup, so that's right. why it becomes. It has to start baseline humanity, sure. mm -hmm. and sure. I don't want to offend you, Wendy. Right, you know, I, could, I could very easily offend you, and I I feel the same. Right, I wouldn't right, want to. right, right, right. And so right. you know, to make to make the assumption that I would right? buy white bread, like yeah, exactly, <laughs> or that you know, to make the assumption that you were brought up upper upper middle class, yeah, affluent, right, because mm. you're a white woman, right. But the, the which other, is but very far from the truth. But the thing is, it's right. not necessarily an insult. Here's the issue: all of the 
things that there's in almost every race mm -hmm. one word or one term that you can call no matter where you get to whatever status you get to there's something you could be called mm -hmm. we know what i could be called i'm mm -hmm. sure there is something there is not one word in my opinion that you can say to the quote unquote white race which i have a problem with that because that's a color but you know that and that, I, and, and I have friends who would disagree. I have friends who are white who would disagree with you. But who, I'm, yeah. and I hear what you're saying, but there's not one word. Pro I don't care who you are. President Obama, you call him the N-word, that offends the entire race of, of course people. It does. And I'm saying there's not a word necessarily because this is my, and it, it goes this far back as far as we're talking about diversity and inclusion. There was a time when Italians weren't welcomed here, Irish oh, yeah. weren't welcomed here, all of these people. But see, then if you look at this, when we look at um, the census and how we decide and count, there's white. But if you break them down the way you have broken down every other race, then you are not in charge anymore because there is Italian, there is, you know, but right. in order to hold that power, then you have to keep saying just white because these people could assume. So there was a small group. So when I tell folks, I go, oh, white people crazy. The white people who love me know who I mean. So, you know, because there is a group of people who still want to hold some folks back who gave nicknames like Spick and Kite and Nigger and all of that yeah. to everybody and else. And run the country. And those were the ones that were at the time, you know, at the time. But if you divide them up the way you divide Mexican American, not white. I look at these things by, and I'm like, what by, is that? By nationality. National, right. If right, you divide them up by their ethnicity, who they actually are, mm -hmm. then that's not the majority anymore. Right. right. And then that's where the, then the power goes out the window. And we have been brainwashed to thinking that that's where the power is and that we have to fight that. And as long as you keep us fighting amongst ourselves, and not just us, but all of us fighting amongst ourselves, then they keep the power. Right. And so what has to stop is we have to stop tearing each other down. Mm -hmm. If there's a, a theater that wants to do white hair spread, then they're not going to get my dollars. Right. Because I know that's not right. And people who that's begin crazy. to think. <laughs> it is crazy. People who begin to think that, you know, and you're going to have some people go, well, why can't? I mean, the, the, our children but, but need to do that. No, but that plays specifically about a specific experience. I absolutely get it. But that didn't stop those people who think they're entitled. There's an entitled. And I'm not saying it's right. No, no. Don't get me wrong. My thing is, you know what? I'm going to speak out against it and say I don't think it should be done. And I right. think that if we start getting to the point where all of us speak up, we don't have to. I don't have to condemn you. I can speak truth about what you're doing mm -hmm. and if people start really listening and paying attention and have the genuine desire to do right that won't work right do you know that's what i mean right. if that's i speak right. up and you go you know what you're right that shouldn't happen mm -hmm. i shouldn't have to say don't go see that right theater because well, of this i should say you know what they're doing i know white hairspray which makes no sense because this is this and this and that's not teaching the like, right dramaturgically lesson. it makes no, no sense. Makes no yeah. sense it makes yeah. no sense well, just right. it, but, but and cir circling yeah circling back to the other show that we were talking about earlier the director i have to give him credit the director then stepped back, listened to this young woman who had been cast as Esmeralda, and then gave her the part. Yes. Because she made all of these points. Dramaturgically, it makes sense that she should play this role. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. she was the best one and for the part. And she was the best one for the part. But dramaturgically, it makes no sense to not have black people in Hairspray. No. Right. And, right. and can I just go back to uh, the Mikado for a split second and yes. say that Gilbert and Sullivan, their mission in writing their shows 
was as social political satire yes. and commentary. And if you don't know that, then don't, don't you do probably shouldn't be doing the show. Don't speak out against it if right. you haven't. If you don't know, right. I'm not going to speak out against anything I have not done my research right. on. Right. And well, even and when yeah. I do, I'm going to go from what I have read right. or from what I know, because then if someone can teach me something yeah. else, the problem is we run into the problem when we don't want to be taught, when we don't want to learn. We run into the when. You can sit and tell people and explain to them, you, you, you want my help in how you can get more people to be diverse, and you explain that, and they go, oh, okay. And something else. But you run into the problem because they're I not open. I blame it on Facebook. Sorry, <laughs> I do. Yeah, a I lot do. of it. Well, because nowadays people listen to, to respond. People don't listen to learn. To learn. Yes. That's yes. right. Yes. Yes. People so, listen because they want to hear the thing that they're going to come yes. back at you with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't right. listen to learn. And we should listen to learn. We should listen and to we learn. Should, and our ego shouldn't be in the way to be able to say, huh, I didn't know that. I should be able right. to, to understand it. Mm-hmm. I, I have taken the position that... I am not going to argue about when we have a difference of opinion. And I believe that when people argue, get mad at one another, we can debate, we can have conversation. But if I'm angry with you because we don't agree, in my opinion, it's because I'm not sure enough in what I believe mm. and I need validation. Well, it's true. And just, just physiologically, I mean, like on a scientific level, if you're getting angry, there's no talking reason. Something happens mm-hmm. physiologically in your body where you can no longer reason. Right. The chemicals in your body don't let you do that. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you can't argue with someone who's angry. You can't be angry and try to make an argument because you're not responding from a place of learning. Right. Well, you have to ask yourself why you're angry. Reason. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Wendy. If you don't know what the show is about or like if you, if you don't know what Gilbert and Sullivan were actually doing. Yeah. If you don't know that they it's meant for them to fun. be white people. We want to sing it. that music. Why can't we do Dream right. Girls? Well, then that they were actually making fun of themselves. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. So exactly. I, I feel like we could talk about this forever. I've listened and learned, but I want to kind of do a roundtable yeah. of any takeaways, anything to leave. Um, for me, I definitely heard from this conversation that diversity starts with personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my takeaway. What would be, do you have a takeaway and or a leave? Um, I think it's the kind of the conversation it reinforces the fact that we have to speak up but not speak up from the perspective of do it my way but from the perspective of trying to help us to better talk and learn from one another if i see something that i think is not right i have a responsibility to speak up um and when we're talking about in theater i think we all have a responsibility again to you know, if I'm the only black person in the room, which I have been on many occasions, again, then I do have a responsibility to say, okay, you need to take this into consideration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and not not just go, oh, okay, okay. We have to live our truth and be honest with ourselves and speak up from the for the benefit of the community and not from a selfish perspective. I've taken away a lot. I've listened a whole lot because I'm very interested. Like I said, I really, really want to learn. I want to learn. Um, and there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience around this table. Um, I want to be, 
I want to stay a part of this conversation in our community. This is, this is one of the most, and it's not only about race, it's about gender, it's about sexual orientation, it's about all sorts of things. Diversity in every way. I feel like this is one of the most important things happening. One of the most important dynamics in the theater and art community today. And, um, I, and I'm so glad that you did this, Janelle, because I feel like this is the kind of thing that needs to be happening all the time. Denise does community conversation, and it just needs it. It just needs to be widespread, um, and um, yeah, I believe in the youth. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in the youth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know if I can say it any better. I, I agree with Wendy. I you know that I think the people coming up behind us mm -hmm. are are get out of their way. Yeah. And uh, and yeah to to. The, the, the first thing you have to do it for change and, and to learn and to help is to remove your ego. Mm -hmm. yeah. Remove your ego and, and, and know that uh, you don't have all the answers, that the place to start from is to go, I don't know, let's all talk about it. Mm -hmm. And talk about it truthfully and yes. authentically and without judgment. Mm -hmm. And listen. And listen. And listen. Yeah. Yes, agreed, 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 <laughs> agreed. Um, this is great for me, for sure, to um, be able to listen. Um, I've never done any, had this conversation with so many races represented, <laughs> or whatever, you know what, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. or, and just to sit and just truly just go through and everybody just, it's, it's really interesting. And I was actually a little bit nervous coming today. Um, but I'm glad that I did. So, I, yeah, I'm, that is my takeaway. I um, always like to end a podcast with what you guys got coming up, whether that is just from the art standpoint, if that is something, um, I know, Mom, you talk about community conversation um, and social activism or outreach or community service. Um, so if you have something that you would like to go ahead and throw out there, I would love to share it with people. Um, actually, um, it's very interesting, the community conversation this month, um, August 27th, which is Monday on the 27th at the Dallas Children's Theater, will be on this very topic. It will be about diversity, and we hope that we can bring people to the table. Um, and it will probably focus a lot of the arts, but it will cross over into all areas and aspects of our lives. So I'm hoping that people will come out really wanting to learn because we hear a lot of people say, oh, well, we really did try. And I'm like, yeah, did you? Really? And it's not in judgment. It's just I need you to understand that your perception of trying and from the other side, you need to understand we all need to put ourselves in other people's shoes and say, this is what I did. So, yeah, but that's not how it was received. And when you see how it was received, then hopefully we can talk about it and learn how we can help one another. So we've got um, community conversation coming up August, and um, there'll be many if you go to, it'll be on changetheperception.today after this weekend, but doing several community conversations with a show that Christy's um, directing, Revolt, and then at Second Thought, and then um, also with Octoroon at Stage West, we're going to do community conversations there. So all of those dates will cool. be on the, on the Very calendar. Cool. I have a Christmas show. I'm not allowed to speak of publicly. Okay. Um, <laughs> very grateful for it. Um, 
And um, I'm kind of, I've had a really interesting summer teaching a lot of teens, but uh, I'm, and I will continue to teach more and more, but I'm also looking for kind of to create, maybe not alone, some new platforms for teaching. Mm. And um, yeah, that's, that's my life. And uh, more of this, I hope, <laughs> more of this. Um, like Denise mentioned, I am directing and I'm also in, which is a mistake, I'm convinced. <laughs> um, I'm directing a show at Second Thought Theater called Revolt, She Said Revolt Again by Alice Birch. And it is a crazy play. Um, I have a great cast, mm -hmm. Max Hartman, Lydia Mackey, uh, Tia Lalusa, Jenny Liddell. Um, and uh, it, it, uh, it's going to be different. <laughs> um, yeah, and then after that, I start Steel Magnolias at the Theater Center. Yay. Nice. Speaking of diversity. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Good. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm doing one minute play fest tomorrow. Yay. Yay. And then um, something on the books for January. But until then, I'll be auditioning. So if you're out there, <laughs> I'll, I'll be auditioning. As will we all. I will, I will be there. The you can say it. He can exit. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I'm a small business owner, and I own a company here in Deep Ellum called A Room with a Clue. And it is an escape room. It's really fun. Yes. The skill set that you need to run it is very much like a theater skill set. Hmm. So come see us. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Cool. I've been there, yeah. Cool. That is Great cool. Great place for a party. That is cool. And also, comma, why aren't we there? Um, so we will we will try, uh, not try, we will link these in. Um, so, yeah, this has been, I am, I'm, I'm not even surprised. Like, I, I'm very happy that it, it turned out the way that it is. I'm not even surprised. Um, and I hope that you guys will come back for other conversations. I will send you a list of some of the other topics that are out there, and I would love it if you would consider coming back on any of those topics. Um, however, I guess we gotta we gotta end this, and I, I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like there were so many other things that could have been discussed, mm -hmm. and we probably walked past so many things on the table. Um, but we will. So thank you guys so much for coming. It's been um, an honor to have you. Um, and for those of you that are listening, just remember at any time that you want to send something, you can send it to echoes at echoesofthestruggle.com. Um, this is not just my conversation or our conversation. We invite um, everybody to talk back. So yeah, this has been great. Guys, go out, create hope, forge a path, change the world, and we will see you next time.